As we begin to approach this special Christmas season, I think if each of us should be saying to ourselves, because that's kind of what I do this every season. My first thing is I look up, I go on my little app thing and I find a special uh, app on my phone in which I can download a number of special devotionals for the next 30 days or whatever that go with the Advent. So it walks through the Advent thing. So that's one thing you can do. I just check your check your phone if you got that and start to look for special things that can be helpful for you in relationship to Christmas. And then you guys can share those with me next week or whatever. Hey, here's a great one I found. Here's a great one you found. And, and it's a wonderful way to encourage friends around to say, hey, we can go up this app. We can be doing these devotions together. And it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. So there are definite pluses along that end. All right. So that's one thing I want to do. When we talk about Christmas, I guess the biggest thing is that we want to be a part of it. And the series that we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, I call it Christmas with Jesus. Okay, Christmas with Jesus. And the reason I do that is sometimes we're so caught up in all the other stuff. I kind of like it. It's like the four candles. See how big that candle is on the top, the big white one? That's intentional. That's Jesus' candle. And the rest of them are kind of smaller. And that's how we want to make sure that our Christmas flows and functions. It's the Advent is setting us up so that we're ready for this wondrous celebration of Jesus' birthday that we call Christmas. The celebration of his birthday. And so that in our gift giving, it's the only person I know that when he has his birthday, everybody else gets gifts. So I encourage you this year, what gift are you going to give to Jesus? What's the gift that Jesus would say, why don't you give me this? Why don't you give me this? And you can think about that as we walk through this. So we want to begin to view Christmas through the perspective of God, not our own perspective. And today I want to look at Mary. Now, Mary is a very amazing woman. There's a lot of misconceptions about her. Not once does the Bible say we're to worship her. Not once does it say she was perfect or that she was sinless. It does not say she was God's wife or even a saint. It doesn't say we're to venerate her. Mary is shown clearly as one of us. Okay, Mary is just one of us. Any woman here that's a virgin, I'm not going to ask you. Okay? <laughs> yeah, if you are, then you could have been the one that God chose to bring forth his son on that special day. You see, the truth is what is incredibly special about Mary is her ordinariness. She is an ordinary woman whom God will use in a very spectacular manner, a supernatural manner, and will set her aside for something that people would look upon her and say, Lord, why would you choose her? Why would you choose her? And the simple answer is she was willing. She was willing to be used. And so God User. Let's read together this section out of Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 30. It's in your outline with you, and it's up here on the screen. Okay, so let's read together. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and he said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to bless you. Father, we pray today that you might bless us and that you call us to that plan and purpose you have for our life so that we can experience what it is you intend for us. We ask that in Jesus' name and give you thanks, Lord. Amen. Oh, we got, we got a great thing going here. On, 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 yeah. <laughs> Already kicked right out on us on that special song coming up a little bit later. Why did God choose Mary to be the mother of Jesus? It wasn't because of her education, because she didn't have any. It wasn't because of her wealth, because she was poor. It wasn't because she was mature. She's a teenager. Simply put, God chose Mary because she was, as I said earlier, willing to trust him. Despite of her fears, she chose not to let her fear control her. Now, what I want to look at today is these common characteristics of people who don't allow fear to control them. And so as you look at the outline, you'll notice the comment made by, by the writer. He says, what was, what was that confused and disturbed? It says she was confused and disturbed when she showed up. She was scared to death when the angel shows up. I mean, can you imagine if some angel shows up at your house, how would you feel? There's this sense of fear. What is this? This is something supernatural. This is something so beyond my comprehension. It just doesn't happen. How many of you have had an angel visit you? Exactly. A couple of you have. And you go, I, I had an angel. I said, and I guarantee you at that time, there's this sense of, oh, my goodness. What's going on? The supernatural inhabiting the natural. Something spectacular here. And she's frightened, but she doesn't allow her fears to control her. And that's the key. God wants to bless her and he wants to bless you and me. But he says, you must allow me to do this. You have to be willing. He's going to make her the mother of his son, Jesus himself. How? He says, you will remain a virgin, but you become pregnant with God's son. That's confusing at best. I'm going to remain a virgin, but I'm going to have God's son. That makes no sense. She begins with fear, she moves to confusion, and then she gets into elation, probably not truly understanding exactly what's going on here. You see, when God calls us and chooses us, and he says, I'm going to bless you, we'll have faith to overcome the fear that's coming in the place here. But it's really about desire and determination and daring. All these things come into play in our life. As we begin to say, okay, Lord, how do you want to bring this out in my life? What do you want to bring about in my life? See, Christmas is this spectacular time in which we begin to understand that God can defeat our fears through faith. We see it over and over and over, story after story after story. Every year, spectacular things happen in millions of people's lives. At Christmas time, because God chooses at that time. You see, the first thing that I've, I found out when we talk about people that respond to God in faith and reject fear, the first thing that happens is we have to desire to do His will. So we have to desire to do God's will. And that's a, that's a big deal. 
Because, you see, I'm so caught up in myself that when God steps in and says, Lee, I'm going to mess up some of your plans. I I need you to do this for me. And my immediate reaction is, you know, God, I'm not sure I, I have time for that. Do you understand all the important things I have to do? What about my family? After all, you said families first, right? What about my work situation? What about, and we're all in the what about issues. You see, we say we desire to do God's will, but in most cases, the reality is we're frightened to do God's will. We're afraid that if we do his will, everything else will fall apart. We're scared to follow his direction. In the Psalms, there's David who says, Who am I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. You see, we have to desire to do God's will more than anything else. And that rarely happens in our life. As I talk to you in regular everyday life, I find that most of you, like me, tend to be, Well, Lord, for special times I have that desire, but daily... I'm not really sure if that's what's going on. You see, God has a calling for us. It's not just an opportunity. It's a calling. He has a custom plan and purpose and intention for you. But it's not automatic. It's not automatic. God has a purpose for you, but you can miss that purpose if you choose to. You can miss it. You have to choose to cooperate with God's purpose of your life. You can waste your life. You can blow your life. You can squander your life. You can not make it count. It's not automatic. It's not. God uses people who desire to do His will because they know if they do God's will, they'll experience this amazing thrill and excitement. The angel shows up to Mary and says, God wants to use you. To be the mother of his son, Jesus. To be the vehicle by which I enter the world. Are you willing? And Mary has to respond immediately. There's not a, can I pray about it first? Isn't that our norm? What we really mean by that is, I don't really want to do this. I'm going to see if I can figure out a way to get out of it. That's really what's going on in our mind. Or we want to appear spiritual. You bet I'm going to do that, but let me pray about it to make sure. God doesn't give her any time to pray to him about it. He says, do you want to do this? And she says, yes. I rejoice. My soul praises the Lord. My heart rejoices in God, my Savior, because he's shown his concern for his humble servant girl. Didn't say, is there anybody else? Or I've got a career that I'm working on. I've got my plans, my ambitions. Don't you realize I'm engaged? What will Joseph say? This doesn't make any sense, God. I sense nothing but trouble, trouble, big trouble. God, if I do this, you see the the struggle going on yet. For some reason, to your response, my soul praises the Lord in humility. With a sense of enthusiasm, she responds to him. She says, Lord, you are my God. I'm your servant. Whatever you say, let's go for it. I expect you to be in me to provide everything I need to do what it is I need to do. My soul praises the Lord. My heart rejoices. See, that's this cry of enthusiasm and humility that that Mary has developed into her life. So the word actually enthusiasm comes the word entheo, which means in God or with God. When we're enthusiastic, that's a, a recognition that God is moving in and through us. 
So with enthusiasm, my soul praises, my heart rejoices. And with humility, I'm your servant girl, Mary responds. And I find myself, Lord, I don't have a problem with the humility, but I do have a problem sometimes with the enthusiasm. And God's saying, Lynn, I want you to joyfully give. I want you to excitingly respond. I want you to expect of me great things. I want you to light the candle of hope and go, I wonder how big it's going to be. I wonder how great God's going to do. I wonder what present I'm going to get this year. It's going to be incredible. Marvelous. Powerful. That's enthusiasm. That's humility. God speaks to people who, who listen to him. And it says Mary had a listening ear. She's tuned in to God. What do you want me to do with my life today? She treasured these things in her heart. She thought about them often, Luke 2.19. She consistently goes, what is going on here? And immediately she goes to share with Elizabeth, Elizabeth, can I tell you what happened? And both of them rejoice together and recognize that God is doing a marvelous thing in the midst of their hope because they haven't seen it yet. Well, maybe there'll be a miscarriage. Maybe there'll be a, a breakdown. It'll be a, I just don't know, God. And there's this intense sense of hope. God's going to pull it together. God's going to do it. He's going to bring it about for those who humbly yield to him and listen to his voice and say, Lord, I'm willing. Show me what to do. What do you desire most in life? See, that's, that's the cry of God. He says, God speaks to those who are listening to him. It, it's not about me. It's about we. It's, it, the, life is not about what Lee's going to get. See, life is about what Lee's going to be able to give. How God can work through me. And that's when life takes on real meaning. And I see spectacular things happen. I watch God working over and over and over again. As we respond to him and face our fears. Mary had to face it. Think of that criticism she's going to give. What is everybody going to think if I do this? I'm not sure she actually got there until later. Fear of the supernatural. What will happen if I follow God? What's going to happen to me? Well, what if he just doesn't do this stuff or she doesn't do that stuff? We have all of our reasons that we fail to follow God's directive and yield to him with humility. God, let your will be done. It's not that I'm going to like this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow you, and I'll experience what it is. And in the midst of that humility, God rises up within us, and we find ourselves with God. Because God is always with those who are willing to do His will, with those who desire to do His will. If you want to defeat fear, you have to embrace those attitudes of humility and enthusiasm. That we're willing to pay the price for making a difference. And there's always a price. There's always a cost. Mary had a huge cost she had to pay. From the beginning in the birth to the end in his death. A huge cost of emotion, of action. We embrace humility. We embrace enthusiasm. Because we desire to do God's will. One of my favorite Christmas shows, I'm going to push it upon you guys. Four minutes of it. It's called It's a Wonderful Life. This is the prayer. 
need help. Through some sort of an accident, my company shortened their accounts. The bank examiner got there today. I've got to raise $8,000 immediately. Oh, that's what the reporters wanted to talk to you about. The reporters? Yes, they called me up to, from your building and loan. Oh, there's a man over there from the DA's office, too, who's looking for you. Please help me, Mr. Potter. Help me, won't you, please? Can't you see what it means to my family? I'll pay any sort of a bonus on the loan, any interest. If you still want the building and loan, I'm... George, I'm... could it possibly be there's a slight discrepancy in the books? No, sir, there's nothing wrong with the books. I've just misplaced $8,000. I can't find it anywhere. You misplaced $8,000? Yes, sir. Have you notified the police? No, sir, I, I didn't want the publicity. Harry's homecoming tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to believe that one. What have you been doing, George? Um, playing the market with the company's money? No, sir, no, sir, I haven't. Oh, is it a woman, then? Uh, you know, it's all over town that you've been giving money to Violet Bick. What? <laughs> Not that it makes any difference to me, but why do you come to me? Why don't you go to Sam Wainwright and ask him for the money? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. Well, what about all your other friends? Well, they don't have that kind of money, Mr. Potter. You know that. You're the only one in town that can help me. <laughs> I've suddenly become quite important. <laughs> what kind of security would I have, George? You got any stocks? No, sir. Bonds? Real estate? Collateral of any kind? Well, I have some life insurance. $15,000 policy. Yes. Uh, how much is your equity in it? $500. $500? And you asked me to lend you 8000 Look at you. You used to be so cocky. You were going to go out and conquer the world. You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. What are you but a warped, frustrated young man? A miserable little clerk crawling in here on your hands and knees and begging for help. No securities, no stocks, no bonds, nothing but a miserable little $500 equity and a life insurance policy. <laughs> You're worth more dead than alive. Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so much and ask them to let you have 8000 You know why? Because they run you out of town on a rail. But I tell you what I'm going to do for you, George, since the uh, state examiner is still here... As a stockholder of the building and loan, I'm going to swear out a warrant for your arrest. Misappropriation of funds, manipulation, malfeasance. All right, George. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You can't hide in a little town like this. <laughs> yeah, Bill, this is Potter. Show me the way. Not at the end of my rope. I, 
Show me the way. You see the personifying of of Satan with Potter in this case has even moved him towards the concept or the idea of suicide. And he states the very thing that is actually going to happen. How will these people who have nothing provide you with something? That's exactly what takes place. All these people have nothing, provide him with everything he needs. And God steps in in a miraculous way to show him that those who are involved in doing my will will always gain the backing of God, the interaction of God, the intervention of God. If we desire to do God's will, then the next thing that begins to happen to our place is we have to determine to pay whatever it takes. So we determine, I will pay whatever it takes. Jesus said, no one can be my disciple who doesn't carry his cross, who doesn't follow me. Don't begin until you count the cost. Don't begin until you count the cost. You see, God's purpose and plan for my life always includes some problems. And they're not accidental. They're part of the plan. They're intentional. That's part of the cost. After you respond, he'll urge you to go deeper. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you have to respond. There's always a cost. Jesus is very upfront about the cost. Uh, back to Mary. Mary's response, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to accept whatever you want. May everything you say come true. How about if you were to say to God, God, in 2015, I'll give you more of me. This year, I want to be closer to you. I want to be more in your will, in your plan, in the center. I want to lead my house to you. I want to help them to grow in your love. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost time. It's going to cost effort. It's going to cost emotion. All those things are part of the cost. It's not free. What is God calling you to what what's the cost everybody close your eyes close your eyes father speak to us what's the cost just a little bit of it what do I have to give up show me thank you There's a cost. See, when I determine to do God's will, there's risks that will require faith. You'll have to step out. You have to do some things that are unknown to you. You're scared to do it. That's why it's called faith. Mary said, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. It's interesting that term whatever can mean a negative or a positive, can it? Whatever. Whatever. Or... Whatever. And that's the cry of Mary. Whatever it takes, Lord, I'm willing to pay. And so it cost her her reputation. She was a pregnant virgin. That's an oxymoron. It's impossible. It can't take place. But for the next 30 years, Mary will live in this place of being seen as a woman who made the wrong decisions when in reality, she made the right ones. But until Jesus is 30 years old, no one will know. And even then they wonder. 
that's the cost. So Mary had to be saying, Lord, why did you do this? Why such a stigma? I'm bringing your son. And everybody's feeling so bad for Mary. She's deluded. She has a mental problem. She really thinks it was God. She doesn't even know who the Father is. You see this this sense of awkwardness? And she prepares herself to go down to Bethlehem with Joseph. And it's so awkward. It is so uncomfortable. It's so uneasy. You stole the money. It wasn't that you were trying to give grace to those around you or show love. You, you, and it goes on and on and on. And we find ourselves unable to respond. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened. The Bible tells us Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem and she's in Nazareth. Don't you love getting to move in your nine month? Those of you women who are, you know, nine months were supposedly on a donkey, most likely walking the whole way. And then my baby's born. What little credibility I've got here is with Elizabeth. And now I have to go to Bethlehem. And the baby's born in a stable. God, what are you doing? What is wrong with you? This was a mistake. He came that sense that takes place in all of our lives where Paul begins to say, all the things I once thought were worthwhile, now I've thrown them all away so I can put my trust and my hope in Christ alone. Oh, we take that as a positive statement, but do you hear the, the negative? God, what did you do? All my life, everything that went on, how could I have? It's all gone, it's all done, what for? But at least I have Christ. I trusted in Him alone. And that's the cry of Mary, trusting in God alone. What are we willing to give up in order to be used by God? The stuff, the habits, the relationships that are pulling us down instead of building us up. Setting aside our dreams and our ambitions and our goals and our plans and our finances for what God says, no, I need you to do this now, today. How do we respond to him? Do we really believe we're smarter than God, that we're wiser than him? Or are we caught up in humility and enthusiasm? Because that's the cry for us. He gave you unique talents and gifts and intelligence and looks. He made you somebody special. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to do whatever you want. May everything you have said come true in my life. That's the cry. We determine, okay, I'm going to pay the cost. And then you come to the place you say, I dare to trust God's promises. I dare. What is impossible with men is possible with God is the cry of Jesus. Jesus is double daring us. He's saying, I double dare you to do that. I dare you to step out on God. I dare you to respond in this way. Do it. Watch what God does in the stories that you'll gain. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's moving ahead in spite of my fear. It's facing my fear. Another word for courage is faith. What's impossible with men is possible with God. 
Mary didn't have the answers, but she knew who did and she trusted him. She wasn't afraid of miracles. She asked the angel, how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of God will overshadow you. For every promise from God shall surely come true. Every promise. You could circle that every promise. Every promise of God shall come true. That could be your your verse for the month. Every promise of God shall come true. Say it with me. Every promise of God shall come true. That's what you you got to hold on to that. Say, okay, Lord, what is your promise? God loves those who dare to trust his promises. He uses those who do. People ask you, why doesn't God do miracles in my life? Do you really want me to answer that? Seriously? I can be blind if we need to. See, that's the cry. People come to me and say, Pastor Lee, you have these amazing miracles in your life. Wasn't it great to walk by faith? No. No, it was great after, but it wasn't great walking by faith. It was, a, it was difficult. It was hard. We had a lot of tears. I cried a lot. I've cried a lot. I said, God, I don't understand. I'm not asking why, but I don't understand. The Lord says, maybe you will, maybe you won't. doesn't matter. Trust me. You're doing what I ask you to do. Continue. Trust my promises. I'll take care of you. I'll be in you. Humility, enthusiasm. It's the cries of Christmas. Humility, enthusiasm. You see, when you find yourself worrying, count it as a call to worship. If I'm worrying, it's time for me to worship. God, okay, and I start singing Christmas carols. Whatever it is, that's the cry of God. So when she goes and she sees Elizabeth, and Elizabeth says, You believe that God would do what he said. That's her. Wow, Mary, you believed that God would do what he said he'd do. You didn't have to have a husband who was unable to speak for nine months. You didn't have to have all these things. You believed. Unlike my husband, who was a high priest in a most special position, and he just couldn't believe that I could become pregnant. But you believe that the Holy Spirit could make you pregnant without the intervention of a man. Wow. You believed in his promises in this statement. If God can take this poor peasant teenage girl with no education and choose her to be the mother of Jesus, don't you think your excuses are pretty petty for saying, God, you can't use my life? It's pretty petty. God can use anyone's life who is willing to be used and willing to, to trust in his promises, who, who will dare it. Say, Lord, I just want to see what it is that you can do. God uses people in a powerful way if they're willing to give away their lives for others. See, that's a cry to each one of you here today. It's for me, as we come into Christmas, I go, okay, Lord, how can I be used of you? And then God will tell me. And one day we'll all stand before God and he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? Are you willing to be used by God to say, God, anytime, place, anywhere, use me, whatever it takes. If it means putting my agenda and my goals, my dreams, and my plans and my financial package for others, 
then I'm willing. In humility, I come before you. I'm excited to do what it is that you want to do in my life because I'm tired of having a dull life. I'm just existing. I'm just existing. It's Christmas time. So we're back to that question we started with. What are you going to give Jesus for Christmas? Talk about the guy who's got everything, huh? God's got everything. And the only thing he asks is he asks for us. He says, Lee, I want you to serve me this Christmas. I'm like, Lord, I'm really busy. Hey, I'm doing weddings. I'm spiritual. God says, that's good, Lee. I'm glad you're spiritual. But I want you to give yourself to me. 100%. Trust my promises. Determine to count the cost. Are you willing? That's all I want for Christmas. Everything. Father, today we come before you. And we ask that you might do something significant in our life. And we're willing to do something significant in response to you. Lord, we want to be involved in this miraculous Christmas thing that's so amazingly supernatural, powerful, life-changing. We want to be in that wonderful life. And Lord, when we go through these plans you have for us, there are mistakes incredibly difficult where we come to the place we're willing to take our own life we're so frightened and in the middle of that you're trying to call to us and say I've provided everything you need just trust me yield to me let this Christmas be one in which we celebrate your birthday Lord, help us like Mary to believe that you can change us. To know that you alone have the ability to take away my sin and my guilt and my shame. That you alone have the ability to change me into a person that can respond. That you alone are a God who can make a difference. I don't want to waste my life on myself. I want to use it for you. So God, this Christmas, let me use it for you. Let me hear the song of Mary. Let me sing. Sing that song from my heart. Let it be a declaration. This Christmas, this year, this is the one. Thank you, Lord. I want you to listen carefully. Robin's going to sing a special song to us. It's all about Mary. And perhaps God will say something special to you. No, I'm sure he will. Just listen.